Welcome to The Design Diaries, a podcast for creatives, freelancers, and business owners looking for candid conversations and real advice. I'm Melissa, self-taught designer turned freelancer and now studio owner, here to share my experiences and help you reach your goals. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I am really, really happy to be back. I feel like I'm in the swing of things and having a really good time recording these episodes. And so I figured I would come back with a diary entry that is a topic that I get a lot of questions about and something that's been on my mind of, mm, I would say, major importance recently, and that is imposter syndrome. Um, I want to preface this by saying that I'm trying not to plug my design course, but essentially I created Camp, um, which if you listened to the last episodes, you probably heard about, but with Camp, I have felt a lot of imposter syndrome with it because I was really stressed out about people paying their really hard-earned money, people helping to budget to purchase a course that I'm creating that's supposed to be of value to them and supposed to help their careers, and so... Imposter syndrome became something of a dual term for me, not in the sense that like, am I good enough for my clients or like, do I have the skills and the value to be charging what I charge, but also like, do I have the expertise and the value to give these other creatives and these other designers who are paying me their really hard-earned money for this course? And is it going to have the impact that it needs to and will it live up to their expectations? And so... I feel like I have felt all of the different sides of imposter syndrome lately, and I kind of wanted to talk a bit about how I impact that, how I've been sort of dealing with it, and also just give my two cents on the whole imposter syndrome um, phenomenon. So basically, I will just start by talking about how imposter syndrome was starting to like affect me and my business. So. I've had imposter syndrome since the very beginning. I think it roots in the fact that I'm self-taught. I never got like a degree. I really never took a lot of classes or any sort of technical classes or courses in brand design. And so I always kind of felt like what I was doing was an illegitimate version of some like official way that there's it's supposed to be. And over time in the past year and a half that I've been doing the studio and like two years I've been freelancing um, and then like three years of designing, I really have found that there is no official way. I have looked at people who graduated from design school who are professional brand designers um, at mega agencies or even like boutique studios like mine. And I've found that there really is no traditional or perfect original way to do anything. And that goes with Um, technical skills like using Illustrator, using all the different softwares with Adobe, using Figma, there are different ways to go about creating the same effects. And I think that's the case with business, with client processes, with the creative process. I haven't really found two creatives that do things the same way, the exact same way. And I think that has been really reassuring and eye-opening for me in the sense that although sometimes I do feel like I may be doing something wrong or I feel the need to go on Google and like double check that I'm using this word correctly or or figure out a better way to do things the way that I'm doing them. I don't necessarily feel anymore that the way I'm doing it is wrong. I think removing that binary from your mindset can be really freeing. I know it's like way easier said than done, but I think over time as I started to have these conversations with designers who I perceived as being like, 
you know, more um, well-trained than me or more skilled or talented or official or um, any sort of metric more than me, I realized that we all have very similar insecurities and that all of our processes, all the ways that we think are so different. And I started to think of my different processes and the way that I'm different from other designers as a strength rather than a weakness. And I think that over time as well, I started to think about my process as being like unique because I handcrafted it from my mind rather than it being this like illegitimate spawn of some self-taught designer. And I think that that's a really refreshing take to think about for yourself. I think it's really nice to take a moment and think about ways to talk about yourself nicer. And also I want to apologize if you ever hear background noise, like there's like a, a car going by. I'm now in New York and it's been difficult finding a time of the day and night to record when traffic is not a nuisance. So just bear with me for the next few episodes or I guess the rest of the season um, until I can find some way to soundproof my apartment. Um, but back to what I was saying, I think that rewording or reframing the way that you communicate to yourself or the way that you think about your own things can really change the how deep imposter syndrome permeates into your mind. Um, it's really like a psychology thing. Like the moment I started to kind of almost like convince myself or market to myself that my processes weren't illegitimate, but were rather unique and refreshing and new, I started to think of myself in a very different light. And same thing with my designs. Like I think I have learned about brand design through a million different resources. I've kind of taken the best of what I've found and also taken some of my own ideas, some of my own thoughts and incorporated them. And so I would say that I don't think my processes really kind of match anyone who is out there. Not to say in like, oh, I'm doing it way better or differently than everyone else. Not in that way, but it's just kind of like the way that we naturally do things is unique, especially as creatives. Like our brains differ so much between one another that I'm starting to realize that imposter syndrome is just us overthinking the fact that we might be different. It's us overthinking the fact that we might be less than. And honestly, that is the type of mindset that has kind of ruled my life for a really long time. Sorry, I can hear the sirens in the background. Oh, man. Um, But that's kind of mindset that has definitely permeated a lot of different areas of my life with Okay, I don't know if you can hear that. I think it's getting closer. (laughs) I'm not even going to edit this out because I feel like this just shows, like, this is the struggles of, like, a a quote content creator nowadays. I don't even know if I want to call myself that, but... (laughs) Um, Okay, I hope everything's okay, wherever they're going. Um, But where was I? So, yeah, it, it really has ruled different parts of my life for a long time. Like, for example, body image is something that I thought about, like people always having more or less than me. Um, Same thing with like income, same thing with intelligence, same thing with talent. And I think that the best way to really get over those things, and we never truly get over them, right? Like, I mean, at least I hope we do, but I've never truly gotten over any of those insecurities, but I have moved forward from the way that I think about them. So I don't think about Like, oh, for example, I I wish I were smarter. Like, oh, I wish I were more this. Instead, I think of it more as like, I was given what I was given and I'm doing the best that I can with what I was given. 
you know, could it be better? Yes. Could it be worse? Yes. But I also think like, what is the point in me wishing for a change that I may or may not be able to control? If I can control it, like maybe I should work towards that direction of being better. If I, if I find that it's valuable and if I can't control it, then there's really no use in me thinking about it. And so I find that mindset and that way of thinking really helps me with business. So for example, like imposter syndrome with clients, like I worry sometimes like, is the value, oh my God, sorry. There's just like a battalion of emergency vehicles going down my street. I mean, I hope everything's okay, but I really just picked a bad time to record this. <laughs> um, but back to what I was saying. So sometimes I worry like, are the prices that I'm charging, you know, too much? Are they too high? Like, are clients' expectations so high because of the level of investment that maybe my level of work or my skill level is not matching? And I, I worry, like, am I just like a hyped up Instagram designer, for example? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm like, am I a talented or is it? Am I just good at marketing? I have so many questions. You know, I, I'm, I really wonder, like do I just happen to get lucky with all of these projects? Like, did I just manage to pull it off? And, or am I actually talented? And I have found that asking those types of questions gets me nowhere because the thing is, there's no way for us to measure skill level, right? Like, there's no way for us to measure value of design. There's no way for us to, like, calculate and sit down and do the numbers because it, it really is subjective. And so what I've found is that the moments where I feel the least amount of imposter syndrome are when I am speaking with other creatives and speaking with my clients and I just take moments to like reflect on my work and to reflect on the experiences I'm providing for my clients and for those around me. And when I have those conversations that are like very honest, I find that either people give me areas to improve upon that give me an initiative to then make changes to make things better or they reassure me and they validate me and they make me feel less illegitimate. They make me feel better about my skills or my processes or um, my studio in general, my career path. And I find that it's super, super helpful. And so that's sort of how I deal is that I can sort of categorize my thoughts of imposter syndrome into two categories. Like, is this something addressable that can be worked upon? And I need to make a decision on like, is this something worth working upon or is this something that's healthy to work on? And then the other path is, you know, I can't control this. Like this is out of my means. And so it really is of no major use to me to continue fixating on it. And obviously I think it's important like that we are gracious to ourselves. And remember that like these thoughts are really natural. Like you're so valid in feeling imposter syndrome because I feel it too all the time. I just think it's important to not let it control us and inhibit us from doing the things that we want to do. So this episode isn't about me saying like, you should no longer have imposter syndrome because of XYZ. It's more so I want to say that it's natural and I think it is normal. I think it is honestly healthy to have doubt because it means that you're growing and it means that you're entering uncharted waters that maybe are in the direction of your dreams that you just don't even realize. And so I think I want you to feel valid, first of all. And then I also just want to say that 
the way that you decide to deal with your imposter syndrome is also totally valid. Like, this is just the way that I, I have found it to be helpful. But what I'm going to ask you through this episode is that if you're dealing with imposter syndrome, just try out um, those tips that I gave you about reframing whatever it is that you are insecure about or that you feel like you're an imposter of, reframing them and seeing if there's a different way to look at it, look at a different perspective, use different words to describe it to yourself and see if it shifts your frame of mind. And then also really take some time to categorize those thoughts and think about, is there something I can do about this or not? And if I can, what do I want to do about it? Do I want to like let it remain the same? Is it healthy for me to work on this? Is this something productive that would contribute to my goals? Or is this something that I'm fixating on that might just be um, micro and like and, and too small of a detail to, to engage with? And so just having conversations with yourself, letting yourself fully experience imposter syndrome, but then attacking it head on, I think is such a freeing and like cathartic experience and like i've had a really wonderful time working through those thoughts i think sometimes we think to ourselves like oh like i shouldn't be thinking that way and we'd like push it and we tuck it back into the back corner of our mind but that's not really the most healthy way at least in my opinion because it always comes creeping back right when you least need it to and so i find that that training myself to deal with those thoughts so that way I am better equipped when they do come around has been just honestly really uplifting and and really empowering. And so if I can be one of those people to have conversations with you and to reassure you and validate you, I would love to, Um, but try those out. And I hope that whenever you feel those thoughts that you can figure them out and that you can feel better. So hopefully this episode was helpful for you. This is just something that I've been dealing with for a really long time and I find myself wanting to honestly record this podcast episode as a reminder to myself to treat myself with compassion um but hopefully it was helpful for you as always um i hope you have a wonderful uh, morning afternoon evening whatever whenever you're listening to this and i'll catch you in the next episode bye thanks for listening to the design diaries we'll catch you on the next episode